Hi, this is John Stonge, and for today's episode, we're going to be doing something new. You've probably noticed that over the past year, we've been adding more and more content to this show. And if you remember, the show used to be primarily sermon content, but then we added audio of our training events, and today we're taking it up an additional notch by adding interviews with Christian leaders who are doing some very interesting things. Now, our interview today is with John Rulin. John is the author of a very successful book. It's called Giftology, and it's a fantastic book that emphasizes relational generosity from a biblical standpoint. I was introduced to John through our mutual friend, Vincent Puglisi, who is the author of the book Freelance to Freedom, also worth checking out. Uh, But John was very generous with his time when we got together this week, and he even recorded a bonus session for us specifically for authors, and so we're going to be sharing that very soon. As always, I'd love to hear what you think about this new aspect of the show, so once you get a chance to listen to the interview that we're doing today with John Rulin, send me an email and let me know what you think. You can reach me at john at desirejesus.com. Again, that's john at desirejesus.com. Now let's get into our interview today with the author of Giftology, John Rulin. Well, good afternoon. It's good to have you guys with us. Today, we have something very special in store for you. Uh, With us today, we have an author. His name is John Rulin, and he's the author of the book Giftology. So if you haven't checked out that book yet, I think you're going to want to after we have this conversation. But I'll tell you a little bit about John, and maybe he can fill in some of the blanks. But John Rulin's the founder of the Rulin Group, which is a, a gift logistics company that helps clients like the Chicago Cubs, Wells Fargo, the Miami Dolphins. By the way, John, remind me to tell you, I'm an Eagles fan, but my wife gets mad at me that because sometimes I root for the Dolphins. But maybe that's a story for another time. She grew up a Bills fan, and so she's she's uh, opposed. But uh, I'm going to make sure to let her know that I interviewed someone today who who has worked with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah. John also helps out the John Maxwell Company uh, as they execute year-round gifting strategies. I'm a big fan of John Maxwell and and uh, his materials. And uh, John's unique approach to relationships led him to become the number one salesman for a $250 million direct sales company by the time he was 23. So you seem like a very ambitious guy, John. <laughs> And uh, he now speaks widely about strategic gifting and relationship building. And uh, John, I wonder if maybe you could fill in the blanks for us. What else should we know about you? Yeah. Well, (laughs) thanks for having me, John. This is uh, going to be fun. What I would say is before you hit the snooze button or click to the next podcast, because sometimes remember we got, we get, you know, paid to speak on big stages and we were speaking to a group of mid-market CFOs a few years ago. and, And the guy that introduced me, spoke way too long, spoke for like 15 minutes to do my introduction. <laughs> and he was like, put your hands together for the game changing gift strategy of John Ruin. I, you know, like I got on stage and it was crickets. Like, no, you know, the CFOs are like, this guy's going to talk for 60 minutes about gifts. Like, did you not know what budget we cut first? <laughs> uh, so what I would say is nobody, you know, most people don't wake up at 4am to do their devotions and think, man, if I just had a gifting strategy, my business or my life would thrive or change. But at the end of the day, if, if most people are honest with themselves, most businesses, most churches, most organizations, or you know, just us in general, rise and fall based upon relationships, relationships with our spouse, our kids, our employees, our clients, our investors, our mentors. And most people aren't very good at 
gifting or showing gratitude and appreciation in a thoughtful way. So the core of our, our business, the core of what we teach, the core of our agency really has nothing to do with gifting. It has to do with if you don't show up powerfully for people and show them that they matter, then you're not going to be a very good leader. You're not going to attract very good, you know, whether it's investors or mentors or employees, because most people follow people where you with you know leaders that show up for them and show them make them feel a certain way and that's what we view a, a gift is just the artifact or the delivery vehicle for that emotion so if you're thinking about clicking to the next episode realize we're not going to talk about keys and swag and harry <laughs> david fruit baskets that's actually the antithesis of of the core of what we teach in giftology that's a that's a good uh uh, good way to 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 package this here as we as we start off because I think that's probably one of the initial things that people are wondering when they're thinking about a gifting strategy. I mean, most of the time, you know, we've all been to trade shows, we've all been to different events where you know everything's just kind of like a branded gift that you you, you grab because you think, oh, maybe I'll use this, but it has no personal connection or relational connection. That's something that I, I just heard you emphasize, the relational connection that, that you're trying to build. Is that, that seems like a pretty important part of what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, God's wired us to be emotional beings. And, and I think in business or even church, sometimes we think, well, we got to manage to the budget. We got to cut the corners. We got to do this. And we, fought, you know, we trip over dollars to pick up dimes. And we're like, you know, like nobody brags about their you know, 401k even though that costs a business owner or a church a lot of money. And yet when it comes time, like nobody's taking their, you know, their best clients or relationships out to McDonald's, but that's what they're like, when they do gifting at a tchotchke promotional level, you're basically saying, let's go out to McDonald's. It's like, if you take, if you take your most valuable relationships out, you're probably, you know, you're going to a Morton's or Ruth Chris. And so I see so many people that play, whether it's their church building or whether it's their, the way they entertain or they host, they do it at level 10. And then, gifting gratitude depreciation is done at like a motel six level and they wonder why nobody gives two rips it's well you're not congruent and so whether you're the john maxwell company whether you're a five hundred thousand dollar startup entrepreneur like people you know i remember when i spoke speaking at google they're like john does this work in technology and i laughed and i was like are there human beings here and they're like well yeah and i'm like well then it works because god's wired humans whether you're in africa asia or idaho like we all, like God's wired certain things into our heart. And so like, you know, Proverbs eighteen sixteen, a gift ushers you before kings. A lot of the stuff that we teach and as a part of our methodology, and our recipe, our old world, whether you're a believer or not, like, like Proverbs work for atheists as well as for, for believers, as well as for the Jewish. So like what people don't understand is like people are like, oh, John, that's that woo woo, warm, fuzzy stuff. And I'm like, you don't understand a lot of what we're teaching has been around for thousands of years because it's how God's wired our hearts. It's how like when somebody does something nice for us, not as a manipulation, we want to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And we've forgotten in our 2020 digital, you know, everything's canceled, you know, build relationships from afar. Like we forgot that we're still human beings. Mm-hmm. And whether it's an employee, a janitor, a CEO, like, you know, we're all just humans. And, it, and if you don't tap into the humanity of somebody, and you just treat them like a number, you're going to lose. Now, it might be the loss of employees, it might be the loss of clients. But I tell people, what we're teaching isn't rocket science because people are like, oh, John, I did giftology. It didn't work. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't, I'm like, you didn't follow the recipe. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you like, you automated it on Amazon. Do you think you can automate relationships? They're like, well, kind of. I'm like, no, like nobody wants to feel like they're a number. And so I tell people all the time, like if you're baking bread and you decide to not put yeast in, guess what you don't get? 
I don't care if you bake the bread a thousand times, you don't freaking get bread if you right. don't put that one little thing in. So I get really passionate when, when leaders of all sizes of organizations will push back and be like, oh, that's the, the thing you do at Christmas. I'm like, actually, that's the thing you don't do at Christmas. You should be doing it the other 10 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. You should be thinking about relationships on how to love on them. And gratitude isn't a feeling, it's an action. You should be thinking about that year round, not check the box at the holidays because it's Christmas time. Right. You know, like, I'm like, that's the dumbest, like, that's, that's gifting out of guilt and obligation, not because your heart wants to. Right. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I get really passionate because, because this is a lever. This is an area of opportunity for so many leaders of all sizes of organizations. And when, when people actually start to realize, oh my gosh, you're right. My, my wife has actually been calling me out for that for 15 or 20 years. I didn't realize it was actually affecting my business relationships too. And, and the light bulbs go off when we're speaking on these stages. You can tell like the wives are elbowing their husbands saying, I told you, told like, you. Why, don't you read, why don't you read the five love languages and apply it in the business sense? Well, I, I was even going to ask. And that's funny that you bring that up because I was going to ask you if you you were familiar with the five love languages. And I and I have to tell you, I'm just going to straight up confess something to you, okay? Yeah, yeah. Five whenever, away. whenever I do, we're, that, we're in a safe place. My, you're my in a safe place. Yeah, it's just it's just a uh, you know podcast audience of of uh, of uh, a whole bunch of people that are going to hear this confession. But here we go. Um, whenever I take a like uh an inventory for the uh the five love languages yeah my highest is usually words of affirmation my second is acts of service and my lowest is gifts and so one of the things that i was interested in talking to you about today is you know how do you how does how do your concepts help somebody like me who isn't intrinsically a gift giver but yeah you brought up a few important things um, you know, the fact that God by nature is relational and he loves giving good gifts. Like when you see when you see what Scripture says, it, it makes it abundantly clear that God delights in blessing his children with good gifts that they do not deserve. That is the essence of grace. It's demonstrated to us in Jesus Christ. And so so we see that about God. We also see, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, throughout the book of Proverbs. By the way, I'm preaching through Proverbs right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I just finished up Proverbs chapter 15, and um, and so you know, you quoted from Proverbs 18, so we're working our way there. But yeah. the, the, so you see, this is like a biblical principle, right? So, so how, um, you know, what kind of if you're coaching me or somebody like me that's listening to this podcast today, yeah, where where would you start? How would you help somebody like this that tends to feel like this is not an area they they excel at? Yeah, well, what's interesting is my love language isn't gifting either. It's not okay. <laughs> no, I uh, I'm actually words of affirmation and physical touch are my primary two. Wow. So I, I tell people if a goat milking farm boy from Ohio can learn how to be a great gift giver. It's really about thoughtfulness and, and more than anything, it's intentionality. I tell people all the time, I don't care. And it's a lot of, you know, the people that we work with a lot are, you know, a bunch of married dudes. Um, Cause a lot of times they're leading the organization, the church or the, uh, or the, you know, the company that's just, you know, the industries that we're in sports and finance and oil and gas and construction and real estate and all that. So uh, what I would say is that, um, if I can do it, anybody can. It's a matter of being intentional. And if you put as much time into this as you did your fantasy football league, you'd be a really good gift giver. <laughs> Most people, they, they, they gravitate towards taking people out to dinner or steak or rounds of golf because they like to do that. That's like normal. 
gifting is something they can't even do for their spouse well, let alone for their client. So they feel uncomfortable and awkward. And most people have a tendency to be sheep and they look around and say, what is everybody else doing? I don't want to look too weird or out of the ordinary. So it's just not a muscle. I, I tell people well, gratitude is a muscle. And if you work the muscle, you know, at first it's atrophied, it sucks, it's painful, it's awkward. But if you do it for a year or two, you get really good at it. And so I, I'm actually naturally an introvert too, which is kind of funny to be on stage. <laughs> but gifting, because I became a really, I, my original mentor, Paul, was an amazing believer. He, was a, he owned a small law firm and he was like very humble, very quiet, but he was like radically generous. And when I grew up poor on a farm, I saw what he was doing. I'm like, I want to be Paul. I want to be received the way Paul is. He was 60 at the time. I was 20 at the time. I'm now 40. And I was like, I got 40 years to get to be Paul. That was my goal was to be like him. And because um, I saw how people received him because of his generosity, he was the most top of mind, liked and trusted person in the community. Every deal came his way, you know, in oil wells and banks or whatever else, just based upon his, I, I call it radical generosity. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is that, you know, if you have an operations plan and a finance plan and a marketing plan, which like a lot of businesses do, a lot of organizations do, I always say like, what's your relationship plan? If relationships are your most valuable asset mm -hmm. and you don't have a plan on how you're going to show up for those people, it is a learned muscle trait that you can get really good at. And there is math equations that, that like we tell people, like it's kind of like, you know, God's thought of like tithing. You give that 10%, it comes back a hundredfold. Gifting it and loving and gratitude is the same way. You, like we tell people, you should reinvest five to 15%, 10% to the median of net profit back into all your relationships. And people are like, that's a lot of money. I'm like, you get to keep 90% and you're, they're basically buying their own gifts. <laughs> and, but by doing that, they, they, you, they stick around as in relation with you. They grow with you oftentimes. If in business, it might be called cross-selling or upselling. Mm -hmm. And if you do it well long enough, you inspire them to go sell on your behalf because they're so inspired by your generosity. They want to go tell other people they can't help it. Mm. And that's where you get the 100x return is once you inspire your relationships to want to go sell on your behalf, like it's like I, I have one client that, or one mentor who I've loved on. I probably sent him, you know, over a decade, $20,000 worth of gifts. You're like, John, why did you keep doing that? You already had him after the probably the, you know, the first 7,000. I'm like, because after he saw that I was doing it because I wanted to, not because I had to, he's opened up at like seven figures with the doors. And I'm not a math genius, but 20 grand to make seven figures, that's a 50X oh, yeah. ROI. Sure. And so what I would say is start to think about this. Start writing down all the relationships that have allowed you to get where you're at. Could be mentors, investors, advisors, clients publishers, whoever, most people, when they start writing that list of who they're grateful for over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they're like, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of people that have poured into you, like as a leader, and most leaders are that way to get you where you're at. And you probably haven't properly showed gratitude and thanks for those relationships. But when you start to write them down, you're like, holy moly. And if you start to put numbers to like, what's the value of that relationship been? It's oftentimes in the hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or even millions of dollars. Right. And we haven't properly said thank you. Show gratitude. Like that's when you start to get that, like your heart starts to get stirred up and you start to say, oh my gosh, like this is something I need to become good at if I want to be a good relationship builder. And it's not just a tangible gifting. So, you know, five love languages. Like it's, it's words of affirmation is the handwritten note. Quality time is giving the gift in person. 
gifts, like people are like, oh, I'm not high on gifts. I'm like, I don't care what your love language is. What about the other people that you're giving it to? And people suck so bad at giving gifts that it's such a, the bar in business in corporate America is so low. When you write a really thoughtful handwritten note and you go spend time with somebody and then you give them a world-class gift that includes their inner circle, their spouse, which is a lot of the gifting that we do. People are like, you know, why do you do the stupid knives as gifts? Like the Cutco Knife Company is who we started with originally. And we still do millions of dollars in those, that product. And I'm like, because it's a family oriented gift and most people don't take care of the inner circle when they're gifting their employees or their clients. Mm-hmm. And when you can honor somebody's family in the gift, like, oh my gosh, you want to talk about like fireworks going off and people like crying when they receive something. Right. It's not because they couldn't afford the item. It's because of the meaning behind it. So somebody took I, the time to think of them. Yeah. They think of them and their family and their spouse and their kids. And, and so if I'm coaching you, I'm, I'm trying to get your heart worked up to where you're like, you know what? This is long overdue. There mm-hmm. is a methodology. There is a strategy. I don't have to be a great gift giver, but there is a system and a process. And that's really the whole book of giftology. Right. Um, actually, your tribe, if you want to go download our entire playbook, it took us 20 years to put together and we charge tens of thousands of dollars to walk clients through when mm-hmm. we do it with them. They go to giftology system. They can download literally like our entire playbook of who they should send gifts to, why they should send them, the timing that means the most, what they should budget for. Because at the end of the day, my, my big goal is to inspire a million leaders to go be more radically generous with their relationships. So if you said happens, they can yep. they can get that at giftologysystem.com. Yep. Dot they, don't com. Have to go, they don't even have to go buy the book. Um, <laughs> well, I, mean, I the hope book, they'll go buy the book too. Well, You're the book, a lot yeah, of helpful I mean, information. They, but they play, they play well together, but I tell people all the time, like, you, you have to, like, most people need, like, a blueprint, a color by numbers of, like, sure. And the get in the book is great, but the the blueprint to me is like where you can work with your assistant and your CMO and your leadership team to say, like, how are we thinking strategically about these relationships and how are we showing up for people and you know like how much should we be investing in these relationships and what makes financial sense what's what's good stewardship sure uh, look like so you know to me like I I realize our agency that does the gifting for people we can't handle a million clients. Right. Not right now. So if I can give people the blueprint to go do it on their own, like even at a small scale, like that's the trickle down effect of that, especially when you impact leaders, like now you're impacting tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people. So I get really excited about giving away our blueprint, knowing that a certain percentage of people are going to be like, yeah, this is too hard. Can we just outsource this to giftology? And the answer is yes. But most people, that's not necessary. Most people, they can go take it and do it on a small scale themselves. Well, I'm even thinking, you know, as you're sharing these things, you're you're getting my wheels churning in a couple directions, you know, as far as just the individual people that I have the privilege to work with in our local church, but I also work with a group of pastors, and, um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, these are concepts here that would be very valuable in the local church level, in mission organizations, where uh, you're working primarily with volunteers. So you're, you know, you have people who they value the mission. They, they hopefully value you as a leader. And it's a, you know, I'm just thinking these are people that are sacrificing their time for a greater cause. And it would be, you know, what a blessing it would be to be more intentional about showing that appreciation. Yeah. I see. I mean, nonprofits, in my opinion, are oftentimes the worst because they, they play the nonprofit card and they're asking for people's most valuable asset that they'll never get back, which is their time. Their time, yeah. Most people are like, hey, I want to pick your brain. Hey, I want to take you to coffee. 
I am buying my own coffee. Like, <laughs> you know, I buy my own dinner, like buy my own lunch. Like most people like picking your brain means waste oftentimes wasting somebody's time or yeah. taking the time without, without like trying to bring something of value to the table. And so when I see nonprofits that are like, Hey, you gave, you know, half a million dollars, here's your plaque or here's your keychain or here's your, what I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is just horrendous. It's embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing. It's really literally like it's going to end up at Goodwill or regifted or thrown out. Right. And I'm like, that's not like, you want to be green? Like don't give stuff that's crappy from China with a logo on it that ends up in a landfill. Like right. that, it's mean, but, but when you're asking for somebody's time, oh my gosh. Or, I mean, it's one thing like money can be renewed, you know, like, like you can always go make more money. You can't make more time. Right. And all so the days I, ordained for us were written in God's book before one of them came to be. Right. Yeah. Scripture tells us. Yeah. Yeah. So time, I tell people, if you're not going to do a gift just because, or honor somebody just because, the only other time to connect it to something is when somebody's giving you their time. Yeah. And oftentimes that time was worth, you know, tens of dollars, hundreds of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars an hour. Right. And they they gave it to you. The least you can do is acknowledge it with a handwritten note that's thoughtful. And if you really want to take it over the top, figure out how you can honor them with something tangible that's unique and personal and world-class and includes their family and whatever else. Like that's not an Amazon gift card. Hey, go buy your own gift. Like you never do that to your spouse. Hey, honey, you know, really appreciate 50 years with you. Here's an Amazon gift card. Go buy your own gift. Like that. Go shop. But we do, but yeah. we do that. Yeah. But we do that in business or in ministry. And we think that we're well, like, we, some good. of us on this call maybe do things like that in our family. Can I tell you? Can I tell you how terrible I am? I'm just going to admit something to you. You may have called me out man. without even realizing it. Um, so for Christmas, you, you know what I do now that my my kids are older, and this is terrible. Please don't like don't quit this interview yet. No <laughs> um, man, I I, I I I just say to the kids, I'll be like, all right, guys, here here's your budget. Uh, go pick out stuff and um, and then let me know what you got and I'll I'll order it. <laughs> I really do that. I didn't God. used to do that. Like I used to put so much thought into it. And then as they got older, I was like, how about this, guys? Like, let's just make it easy. You would say that I should probably rethink that, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, I, I, I would what I would say, and I made a video about this recently, like if it's easy, it, there's probably a reason it's easy. And yeah. the most valuable things in life typically aren't easy. Are not easy. You know? You know, whether it's you know working out and health or being a great leader or great marriage, like like you hit the easy button, that usually means you're cutting a corner or you're you're not putting because because at the end of the day, like people are like John, it's the thought that counts. I'm like, no, that's BS. Like that's not true. It's the thoughtful thought that counts. And oftentimes, being thoughtful takes energy, effort, and time, and resources, and sure. hassle, and all of that. So. You know, like if you want to, have, if you have to hit the easy button occasionally, but I do think that there's power in being able to say, I know you well enough. I've listened. I've been intentional in my listening and understanding of you as a person to say, I, um, I went and did something. I mean, it's like why we, for our employees, something we do, they've done for eight years. They'd never do for themselves. They'd take the cash if we gave them the option is pay to have their houses cleaned every other uh, week. Oh, wow. That's, that's part of the deal. People are like, that's a lot of money. That's well, how much does that cost you? And I'm like, it's an investment of two to three grand per employee. And they're like, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, I give my employees four or five hours back every other week of time with their family and themselves and their hobbies. I get $50,000 in value a year per employee from it because they're, they, they, it's something they'd never do for themselves, but that gives them a, a higher quality of life. That's and an so awesome think, idea. 
I, I mean, it's not about, you know, in business or in ministry, it's not about outspending your competitors. It's about being more thoughtful, more creative. I love and, that. And to me, you know, I can't compete with the publicly traded companies that have, you know, Wall Street bankrolling them on dollars, but I can, I, I, I go, we go head to head with big boys all the time and win with thoughtfulness and creativity. And, and I think that goes for ministry. It goes for anybody else. Like mm-hmm. when you can show up that way for people, all of a sudden people are like, they, they, it just changes the, the dialogue and the relationship so powerfully, even like subconsciously in, in our hearts. When you know somebody's got your best interest at mind and, and, you know, when the chips are down and you know the people that when you're in the corner, you know, it's like, you know, Harvey McKay used to say like, who can you, you know, pick up the phone at 2 a.m. and say, I need 10 grand. Don't ask any questions. I just, I just need your help. <laughs> and, and, and that's oftentimes like people have to answer themselves, like not very many people, like, it, like most of us think we have, we have all these surfacey relationships. So who do you actually have like intimate, like connection with? Um, and so I, whether it's employees or clients or ministry people or elders or whatever else, like, I think we ought, we shortchange ourselves by not, you know, showing up for people before we're in the corner before, you know, it's like, dig your well before you're thirsty. <laughs> and, uh, we oftentimes wait until we need something and then we want to do the gift or the thing. And I'm like, that's not a gift. That's a manipulation. At that point, you're doing the thing to get the thing. The, the like, when you do something with no strings attached, good things will come whether it's immediately or maybe sometimes not for decades, but that's the, the subtle nuances of doing things when you want to, not because you have to. That's, that's a great way to put that. Let, let me ask you a, a, a follow-up question related to the book itself. So just a, a reminder for our listeners, the book is Giftology. We're talking to author John Rulin today. And uh, what concept from the book would you say you get the most positive feedback about? Um. You know what? I mean, my, uh, there's a couple stories. I think people, um, when they hear me speak on stages, I, I basically just tell stories the entire time. And, um, cause I think that, you know, we're all in a story got, you know, the Bible is one big story. And I think a lot of times people, when they're speaking, they have, you know, fancy PowerPoint decks with all kinds of stats and numbers and whatever else. I'm like, at the end of the day, if people don't connect with your story, then they don't give two rips about anything else. And so our opening story was the guy, actually, I did the, uh, the $20,000 in gifts. The original gift for him was, I found out he was coming to town. I, I did $7,000 in Brooks Brothers clothes in his size, outfitted his hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers store. Nice. And, um, their and he ties was like one of the top. tie perfectly. A yeah, Bro- they do. Brooks Brothers tie always ties nice. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Their, their materials are just quality. Um, and, and when he came in, you could tell like, he didn't want to go to dinner with me. didn't want to go to the basketball game. Like he went to his room, saw that, and it magically changed the entire relationship. He was like, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it. And, um, and so that, like, that story is a fun story. Like it's mm-hmm. doing you know, like most people, I think in general say, what's the least I can get away with. Hmm. They'll be very generous in their church or maybe very generous in their charity, but in business, oftentimes it's like, Oh, that's enough. Or I can't, can't we save 10%? Hmm. And it's the wrong question. Like my original mentor, Paul asked himself, what's the most I can do? And I think that when you start to shift and realize when you do the most that you can do, like it comes back that much more. And so it's, it seems like, a you know, this nebulous, you know, kind of concept. And even like the things that we talk about, like engraving somebody's name on it or personalizing it, the handwritten note, like all of the things seem when they read the book, they're like, John, I, I knew this, 
but I'm, um, but when they get to the end, they realize, they realize, oh my gosh, I knew that one thing. I knew that one thing, but I was never putting all of them in order in a system, in a recipe. And I wasn't doing it consistently. I was doing it very ad hoc. I was doing it very like all over the place. And, and I would say the other thing that they resonate with is I went for my engagement. I we don't have time to talk about the entire engagement story, but, um, the long and the short of it is I almost died during my engagement story trying to recreate this movie, The Notebook. If you've ever seen the movie, The Notebook, this love story with Brian Gosling and Rachel McAdams. And it was my wife and I, uh, as we were dating, it was our favorite movie. I'm, a, I'm like this hopeless romantic. And um, the, long, the long and short is I, it involved airplanes and costumes and movie sets. and um, Explosions. Uh, any, any, yeah, I almost died. I got shocked. And, and uh, it's in the book. It's a story... It, someday Oprah may be telling this story. It's like it's been told all stage over the world. But what I realized from that story was that the entire experience that I did was for myself. I did it because I wanted the story and the I love surprises. My wife hates surprises, and I made the entire engagement story about what I wanted. And I and I what I realized after I apologized to my wife because it took like I probably didn't realize until five years into marriage. Um, was that almost everything that we do in life and in business specifically, when we give a gift, it's in our company colors, it's with our logo on it. It's if we like steak, we give out steak. If we like Amazon, we give Amazon gift cards. If we like golf, we take people golfing. And the gift by its very nature is recipient focused. It's about them. It's about their preferences and their name and their legacy. And, and, uh, and yet we usually shop with our own glasses on. And we oftentimes, you know, it's the five love language. We give love the way we like to receive love. Right. And we forget that we, you know, when, whether it's employees, clients, or our spouse, if we can make it 100% about them, then they will make it 100% about, back about us over time. Um, and, and so the, the methodology in the book, I didn't realize it. Like I, I had people write from Vietnam and other places saying, I actually took your concepts and I have a better marriage. And I, I, it was written as a business book. Um, but Gary Chapman's a, a friend and a mentor and, and right. we've talked about writing, if I can get his publisher to, to back me, um, I'm like this, the, the five love languages needs to be written for all business relationships. Mm-hmm. He wrote one just for employees. And I'm like, you should be treating your suppliers the same way you treat your employees, the way, same way you treat your clients. Cause they're all human beings mm-hmm. and having a framework. So a lot of people, you know, when I speak, I'll talk about the five love languages. I'm like, Hey, like you don't have a business without your suppliers. Why are you treating them like crap? Especially as a Christian, we should be treating our suppliers like gold. Right. Like, like not like beating them down, like, you know, Amazon or Walmart, like we should be loving on them because without them, we don't have a business. And uh, we should be the example of how to be generous with our relationships. We shouldn't wear a different hat at church that we do in our business life. Like that's not, that's not congruency. And, And so it's tempting for us all to, you know, wear different hats, wear own glasses. And, you know, I challenge people all the time. Like I, I have to, you know, I have to eat my own dog food. Like I, there are times when, you know, like scarcity creeps in and, um, but when you show up generously, like it's amazing over time, the good things that happen. Well, John, th- this has been fantastic. And, and uh, in, in just a moment, I'm going to end our time together with, um, like a bonus round. All right. Uh, related yeah. specifically to authors and, uh, and publishers. And we're going to, we're going to release that as a separate bonus recording here. Um, but as we finish up this part of our conversation, uh, where can people find you online? What information would you like them to take away from this? 
Um, how, how can they connect with you outside of this? Yeah, well, on the screen there, that's actually my personal email address. That doesn't go to my assistant. That goes to me. So if somebody has questions about speaking or consulting or, you know, hiring, outsourcing, you know, gifting agency, whatever else, they can email me, John at Giftology Group, all one word, giftologygroup.com. Um, but I would say that more than anything, you know, go download the free playbook and the, and the blueprint and put it into, you know, like I said before, like people sometimes get overwhelmed, like, oh, I'll get around to this. You know, just start with one note, one gift, you know, start with your spouse, being more intentional and thoughtful and listening and having that kind of like intentionality that you would have, like if you're, you know, stalking your best client or whatever it is, like if you put that intentionality into it and start listening, taking notes, you'll be aware, like you'll be in the top one tenth of a percent and watch how your spouse responds, watch how your employee responds, watch how your client responds when you start being over the top thoughtful like magical things start to happen that people never thought possible. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, get your list of a thousand together, start with one, then get to 10, you know, start working the gratitude muscle and, uh, and come back, do it for three years. Cause that's the other thing is people don't do it for three months and then move on to the next thing. Like transformation with relationships takes time and you can't be the flash in the pan. Like I'm radically generous and then I'm back to being Ebenezer Scrooge six months from right. now. Like this <laughs> needs to be a heart change or shift. If you're a giver and generosity is a core value, then do it for three years and come back and tell me it wasn't worth it. And I've never had anybody in 20 years that's practiced it for three years that didn't come back and say it, it paid back, you know, 50 X, hundred X, a thousand X because it's just how God's wired the world. That's fantastic information. So his email, john at giftologygroup.com, and he's also encouraging us to go to giftologysystem.com, and that's where you have the free download for those that want to actually look at the system. John, yep. th- this is fantastic, and I really appreciate you, you giving such valuable information to our listeners today. We'll do the quick bonus section here in just a second. But for those uh, finishing up with us here, uh, again, we had John Rulin with us today. He's the author of Giftology. Be sure to check out what he has online at giftologysystem.com. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.